This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Cybersecurity officials are also on high alert in the wake of the U.S. drone strike last week. And already, hackers on Saturday defaced the website of the Federal Depository Library Program. The FDLP's website was down, and pro-Iranian messages were showing up on their Google search page details. But how should businesses in general be thinking about potential cybersecurity issues in the wake of the drone strike? Kirsten Todd is president and managing partner of Liberty Group Ventures, also managing director of the Cyber Readiness Institute, and joins us right now. Kirsten, thanks for your time. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Uh, How much of this concern should be out there right now because of what we saw with the drone strike last week? So from a cybersecurity perspective, uh, what I'll say instead of being concerned is we need to be aware, particularly when we're looking at businesses and their role and interdependencies with our critical infrastructure and global supply chains, that we don't know Uh, what type of attack uh, will be executed. We're certainly expecting something in both the physical realm as well as the cyber realm. And while uh, our speculation is probably within the region, we certainly have to be vigilant uh, on the homeland. And this is not just uh, a focus around government entities. This is businesses in general, correct? Absolutely. Um, We've seen in the past, Iran uh, had an attack on our financial sector in 2012, Uh, In 2014, it went after the Las Vegas Sands Corporation. So really nobody, no entity is off limits. We're joined by Kirsten Todd of uh, Liberty Group Ventures. We're talking about the potential impact of the uh, U.S.-Iran drone strike and the world of cybersecurity. What what people forget, Kirsten, is the fact that Iran is one of those countries that is, in many cases, seen as a daily threat of cyber attack. Absolutely. And we saw from the Department of Homeland Security uh, the uptick in Iranian activity last summer uh, and the warnings that were actually retweeted over the weekend uh, by the Department of Homeland Security by Chris Krebs talking about that uptick. Um, But on the flip side of that, what it means is that as a nation, we are prepared. Now, this isn't new. The threat isn't new. Uh, The Iranian capabilities uh, are ones which we are familiar with. That doesn't mean that we can expect that we know everything. Um, Certainly one of the assets uh, working in in Iran's favor is that they're innovative, so they could certainly develop something that we haven't seen before. Um, But our military, our intelligence, our national security infrastructure is certainly uh, prepared and aware of what these capabilities are. But when you talk about this uh, from the business perspective, I think today there still are concerns at times that not all companies are where they should be with their cybersecurity. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if there is one uh, small upside to this, um, the difference between cybersecurity and physical security, and particularly when you have a a foreign policy, a global conflict like this, uh, we tend to feel that as an individual citizen, we don't really have a lot that we can do to protect the nation. But with cybersecurity, that actually shifts. And one of the critical elements in response to this threat is that businesses and employees within companies have a responsibility and an accountability to be aware. And what we've seen from Iran is that they've used phishing and social engineering, meaning that they send emails to critical people and companies to get them to click on a link to expose their networks. So when you think about that, we're boiling down a global conflict to an individual. And that's not meant to create fear. 
in our nation, but it's actually intended to activate individuals and companies to be hypervigilant about the basics in cybersecurity. The element you mentioned a moment ago about the military being as prepared as they are uh, in the world of cyber, that's obviously a development that has taken place over probably the last 20 years or so. And it's a necessary part of warfare that we have to have in in our society today, that cyber is, is just as important as any piece of warfare today. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it is a primary tool in our, an arsenal toolkit. And from the perspective of Iran, they started building up their cyber war capabilities following the U.S.-Israeli joint intelligence operation with the malware known as Stuxnet uh, in 2007. Following 2007, that's when we saw Iran build up their cyber capabilities. But it's a capability that every nation uses, our allies, ourselves, as well as those uh, who we don't count among our allies. What is the expectation, then, that the public should have moving forward over the next several weeks, do you think? So I think it's—Iran will be in this for the long game. I think that, you know, to expect something to happen uh, 24, 48, 72 hours after Soleimani's death, um, as we're already seeing, is probably not likely, even though I know, you know, there is the defaced government website, but I think we're still trying to determine if that's actually related um, a nation-state action. My sense would be that it's not, but Mm. I I certainly don't have the intelligence on that. Um, I think it is about being aware. And again, there is an opportunity for individuals to have an active role in being secure and being smart as employees of companies uh, in the private sector. Obviously, uh, our government employees are aware, um, but paying attention. And again, you know, going back to the basics, it's something, as you stated earlier, We've struggled to get companies, businesses, individuals to pay attention to all of these uh, very basic elements of cybersecurity about your passwords, phishing, et cetera. Uh, Hopefully, this threat will actually encourage our Americans to pay attention to these very basic elements of security. You mentioned something I wanted to touch on anyway was the issue surrounding authentication. And, And I am seeing it more and more. Again, in my personal life, more and more companies that that I am doing business with or or have accounts with want to have that extra level of authentication to make sure that you don't have an easy path to hack into an account. account. Right. And so the the very basic premise that you want to employ as an individual and as a company is to enable multi-factor authentication whenever you can. Um, There are enough statistics around companies that say when they offer it, people tend to deny it because it's a little bit of an inconvenience. Um, But I would encourage every person who has the opportunity to enable that multi-factor authentication. That is a very simple step with strong impact uh, that an individual can take to be more secure. This is also going to be, I would imagine, uh, an interesting challenge for the IT community in general with the potential of all of this moving forward. It is. And I think one of the key pieces to this is we often look to technology for our solutions, um, but the solutions really lie in the hybrid between technology and human behavior. So my hope is that technology companies can also work with human behavior to get individuals more engaged in what they can do. Um, From a security perspective, there are the the basic elements that companies need to be paying attention to. I think one of the things that uh, particularly as we look at the potential threats and the opportunity for ransomware, often companies talk about the, the fact that they have backups 
Uh, my, I would implore all companies to look and make sure those backups are working. I do tabletop exercises for critical infrastructure companies in the United States, and they'll often stop at the, we have a backup to our network, to our system, but then when that backup is actually tested, it's not working. So hopefully this will encourage IT departments, um, IT companies, et cetera, to really look to make sure that uh, we are vigilant in the security and the protection of our networks. I, I have asked this question uh, of a variety of experts in this area, and I will ask it of you now. Is it still surprising to you that, that you have companies out there that maybe haven't taken the steps that they need to with their cybersecurity of their systems? Because this is the business that I'm in, I would say, yes, uh, it does surprise me because I don't think, you know, it's the, the, the uh, colloquial expression, it's not a matter of if but when, uh, that it is a risk that you don't want to take. There's no longer that cost-benefit that you would hear from industry several years ago following the big attacks like Target and Home Depot where companies would say, but, you know, at the end of the day, Home Depot, Sony, they didn't lose stock price. Um, that's no longer the calculation. There's brand, there's reputation, and there's also the role that these companies have in global supply chains. And so if you become a weak link, if you become an access point, the exposure that you create, not just for your company, but for others as well, increases significantly. So I would even push it to say there's there's a moral obligation here to do the right thing and to be secure and to have the plans in place to exercise your plans to make sure that your employees are all active members of your cybersecurity response. How much of that is focused on a daily basis of different agencies across the uh, the U.S. government? Well, certainly the Department of Homeland Security, uh, CISA, the uh, entity run by Chris Krebs within DHS, uh, has executed and distributed a lot of information around human behavior, around small businesses. The challenge that we have from a government perspective to industry is getting it out there, um, finding, making sure that companies know where to go. Um, one of the uh, uh, affiliations that you mentioned that I'm involved in is the Cyber Readiness Institute. We're focused on providing free tools and resources to small businesses because to my earlier point, small businesses are parts of global value chains, and they don't have the resources to be thinking about cybersecurity. DHS uh, announced a small business program uh, back in December, and we're working with them on that. So the hope is that uh, entities and, and individuals and small businesses know where to go uh, in government because government does have those resources. And are willing to work with them to, to make sure that they are protected yes. where they need to be. Yes. Kirsten, thanks very much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. Great insight. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Dan. Thank you. Kirsten Todd, uh, President and Managing Partner of Liberty Group Ventures, also Managing Director, as we mentioned, of the Cyber Readiness Institute. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.